the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So very much for joining us as we get underway at 8 minutes past 9 o'clock on this Tuesday, the 12th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Good news for you today. It's Kersenau Day. That's what Tuesday is around here. It's Peter Kersenau with his regular visit and his dropping of wisdom all upon our heads. He will uh, join us at about 10.05. And Pete, by the way, normally... When Pete and I kind of uh, correspond and converse before uh, a program, uh, we kind of plan out what we're going to talk about. It's usually the news of the day. It's usually I say, hey, Pete, I want to talk about Pelosi not wanting to uh, pursue impeachment. I want to talk about AOC and the Justice Democrats. I want to talk about uh, the the empty, watered-down resolution they passed. Give me your thoughts on those things. I want to talk about the caravans, the borders, this, that, and the other. Not today. Not today. Talk to Pete, and uh, Pete wants to present a little bit of research uh, that he has done that he finds very, very important, and he he calls it the staggering increase in school violence due to former President Obama's racial disparities disciplinary policy. I know exactly what he's speaking of. Um, I've seen some of the research. I know that this type of program and policy is what indirectly led to the death of Trayvon Martin because this policy was in place in Miami schools uh, back at the time that Trayvon Martin was committing all kinds of crimes and not being held accountable for them because of the Obama racial disparities uh, policy. And so rather than actually holding him accountable there, uh, they did not. They looked the other way, and it's part of what eventually led to him, rather than being turned over to the police and prosecuted, simply being suspended from school. And when he was suspended from school, that's what led him to go up to Orlando uh, to be with his father, where, of course, he had his fatal encounter with George Zimmerman. Now, that's just one anecdotal story, obviously, and I'm not suggesting that the Obama policy killed Trayvon Martin, but... There is what Peter is going to talk about with us. There is a massive uh, problem with schools not handing out appropriate punishments and or consulting with law enforcement as the situation dictates based on the color of the skin of the perpetrator, all because they don't want to have racial disparities. And most of these situations do prove that African-American students are getting into a lot more trouble than white students in many or most of these situations. And Pete wants to hit that today. So I said, all right, Pete, we'll clear the deck for you at 10.05. So that's coming up uh, next hour, obviously. <clears throat> we have a lot of other important news to get to today. And I want to talk right at the outset about what is going on um, with respect to the war on conservatives. Media Matters is at it again, as you probably know. If you listen to this show on a regular basis, if you listen to this station on a regular basis, and of course, if you watch it uh, in uh, in uh, companionship, if you will, with Fox News, you know what happened to Tucker Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson uh, is a victim now uh, of the latest victim as a prominent 
vocal conservative, a thorn in the side of American liberalism slash progressivism slash pods, party of death, Democrat Party. Uh, He's a target. He's the latest target. He's not the only target. But he's the latest target of Media Matters, whose goal is to try to tear down conservatives who are causing them problems, causing them problems with trying to implement their agenda. They already have, you know, 90% of the media at their disposal, carrying the water for them. Mainstream media, NBC, ABC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times, San Francisco Chronicle, and on down the line. Not to mention, of course, the cable news outlets like MSNBC and say CNN, as well as, of course, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Media Matters, and on down the line. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing. They already have roughly ninety percent of the media at their disposal, but that's not good enough. Fox News, which actually does try to present the other side of the story, which is in the nature of "quote unquote" fair and balanced. They're good at it. They're really good at it, and they need to be removed. They need to get got, if you will. And the Democrat Party has been seeking the pods. They have been seeking for an opportunity to take out the most prominent voices against them. Tucker Carlson is the latest in the crosshairs. In its diligent effort, writes National Review, to find bad things said by conservatives... It found years-old recordings of Tucker Carlson saying terrible things to radio shock jock Bubba the Love Sponge. Twitter, meaning liberal social media, lit up. And the hashtags, boycott Tucker Carlson, fire Tucker Carlson, are everywhere. Trending at as items one and two on Twitter. This is as of yesterday when National Review wrote this. I don't like what Tucker Carlson said, but here's what is far, far worse for our nation and our culture than a pundit saying shocking things to a shock jock. The creation of sustainment, or excuse me, creation and sustainment of an outrage industry that spends millions of dollars and countless man hours in the quest to destroy the lives and careers of people it dislikes, particularly people of the conservative bent who are thorns in their sides. Here's the way it works. If you're a conservative or a Republican who attains any kind of prominence at all, then the hunt is on. Media Matters has its rolling list of allegedly bad or silly things that conservatives have said. And the more prominent you are, the more diligent the hunt. People will listen to hundreds of hours of radio shows or podcasts. They'll watch tapes of cable news until their eyes glaze over. They'll scan through hundreds of thousands of written words, letting the sum total of the person's worldview and body of work wash over them, looking for that one gotcha moment. The word or phrase that proves the bad man really is bad. And let's be clear. Tucker Carlson's words are not hurtful or offensive in the truest sense of those words. At the time, they passed through the media either without notice or comment. There was no outraged victim seeking redress. Nobody was crying sincere tears on camera because of the bad things that a then-MSNBC contributor, Tucker Carlson, said about them. And no one is really hurt today either. Instead, the atmosphere now is one of vengeful glee. We've got him now. 
Now, obviously, I'm not going to play the uh, uh, offensive remarks of Tucker Carlson from 13 years ago on again. You know, I should probably just kind of give you a summary of it. Bubba the Love Sponge is one of these shock jock hosts, and I hate that term shock jock. Some people call me a shock jock because I call Alexandria Cors- uh, Kelly Bundy Cortez dumb or, or if I criticize uh, people too harshly about one thing or another and if I use really, really insensitive terms in the process. Some people even call me a shock jock, and that's one of the dumbest things ever. But there is a very small number of radio personalities, I think, that that you know probably wear that label well. Howard Stern, of course, originally... Uh, one of, and not that he's not intelligent, extremely intelligent, but saying and doing shocking things, you know, with the sexual, uh, innuendo or actually the sex in the radio studio. If you ever watched, uh, Howard Stern's movie, uh, you know, some people do, uh, shocking things for the purpose of getting people to listen. And now in today's day and age clicks as well. And they are, they kind of wear the shock jock mantra. And that's what Bubba the Love Sponge is and was back when he had uh, Tucker Carlson on. And they, he would come on once a week and they would do a segment with this MSNBC contributor, Tucker Carlson, and they would just talk about all kinds of strange stuff in the news. And it would be shocking. And some of the language was offensive. You know, there are, there are offensive words for women that were used in, in what could be described as I think Tucker described it as naughty talk. You know, it is embarrassing. It was really stupid. But it was, again, 13 years ago and at the time. And then 12 years ago, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, and even two years ago, it was not so bad that it stood out that it caused anybody any great offense. Nobody was coming after Tucker Carlson for it. But now Tucker Carlson has been in the chair, the prominent chair, the O'Reilly chair, the 8 p.m. on Fox News chair. And he's driving the highest ratings at Fox News the way O'Reilly once did. And he takes on liberals and dissects them for an hour a night. And it's driving the left crazy. So now we find something that he said 13 years ago, and now we have to say, aha, this proves how evil and bad he is. Fire Tucker Carlson. They don't want Tucker Carlson fired because of something he said 13 years ago. They want Tucker Carlson off the air because they know how devastating he is to the left. How devastating Tucker Carlson's commentary and his general overall observations that he speaks to millions and millions of people every night are to leftist and progressive ideals. He brings leftists on at every turn, fights with them, argues with them, deconstructs them 99% of the time, and the left can't stand it. So now they've got to come for Tucker Carlson. The person truly rendered bad by his or her ideology in this case, a Tucker Carlson or, or others who are pro-life, Republican, conservative, populist, Trump supporters, once you pass the ideological threshold that renders you an enemy, you're fair game to be attacked. The true intent here is not to cleanse the public square of bad people. Otherwise, the search would be bipartisan, applying the same rules to both sides. The intent here, by the likes of Media Matters, is to clear the public square of bad ideas as they see it. And if they have to destroy careers and reputations to do so, well, that's all the more fun. 
We're back on National Review. So the dreary cycle repeats itself time and time again. Kevin Williamson has the opportunity to speak to a different audience in the Atlantic. Well, let's go to the podcast archives. Barry Weiss is making an impact at the New York Times. Let's reexamine and mislead people about her um, uh, uh, college activism. Ben Shapiro's drawing crowds. Let's make him answer again for years-old tweets. Sometimes the Twitter outrage claims a scalp. Sometimes it doesn't. But always it deepens our public divide. Always it leads people, excuse me, to dismiss other ideas and other people on the basis of partial information, deliberate distortions, and sheer partisan animus. If we doubt the bad faith of the process, consider the glaring double standards. If you're a progressive, if your ideas are deemed good, the media grace abounds. Colin Kaepernick can dehumanize cops as pigs, and we should just move on. That doesn't define his message. Instead, he signs a lucrative contract with Nike. Taneshi Coates can say awful things about the heroic cops and firefighters who made the doomed climb on the stairs of the Twin Towers, and that's but a trifle, not even worth considering compared with his essential body of work. He gets a genius grant. Joy Reid can say bad things and then spin out the wildest, strangest tale about hacking, and it's all just fine. Her MSNB time slot is secure, and let's not even get started about the many bad tweets of the New York Times' Sarah Jung Good people make mistakes, right? Or maybe, according to progressive think pieces, they're not even mistakes, but rather expressions of understandable outrage in the face of an oppressive culture. I don't like many of Tucker Carlson's ideas, as I've written at length. This is David French in National Review. I think his embrace of victimhood populism is bad for the nation and bad for the conservative movement. I've tried to follow his show, but I find his brand of right-wing outrage journalism tiresome and destructive in its own right. I disagree, by the way, with what French is saying here, but I want to make his point for him. But we should respond to his arguments with arguments of our own. We should debate him on the air and in print, and if we don't like his show, we can change the channel. Our nation cannot maintain the popular or maintain its culture of free speech if we continue to reward those who seek to destroy careers rather than rebut ideas. And when you reward a media matter search and destroy fishing expedition with calls for boycotts or reprisals, then you are doing your part to destroy debate. It's vengeful, it's cowardly, and it's exactly the online world that spiteful partisans want to build. And that's what they have built with Twitter, which I would contend to you is the most destructive invention, the most destructive convention, perhaps, um, in, in the last 30 years, and maybe going back further. I'm not even beginning to joke about that. Twitter is far more dangerous a weapon than any gun manufacturer can build. I can tell you that. It is a dangerous, dangerous tool. All right, a lot to get into in this first hour. I do want you to be a part of it. We're going to talk more about something else that happened on Tucker Carlson last night, in addition to his rebuttal of all of this nonsense from the Media Matters crowd, but also uh, the co-founder the original co-founder of Greenpeace, joined Tucker Carlson to remind everybody of why he says Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a pompous twit, <laughs> which he repeated last night in, uh, in wonderful, wonderful detail. We'll share that with you coming up as well. Your phone, your uh, phones are open at 216-901-0945 for your calls, 888-281-1110. It's about France Authority back after this. Eggs. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 
So I just laid it out for you what happened with Tucker Carlson over the weekend. The Media Matters hit job on him. Uh, people calling for his re- uh, resignation, his firing, boycotting his show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, last night, Tucker Carlson took to the airwaves in his opening monologue to respond to all of that and to say that he planted his flag and announced his counterattack is an understatement. This was Tucker Carlson last night. And I think we should stand up and salute it. This is a system built on deceit and enforced silence. Hypocrisy is its hallmark. Yet in Washington, it's considered rude to ask questions about how exactly it works. Why are the people who consider Bill Clinton a hero lecturing me about sexism? How can the party that demands racial quotas denounce other people as racist? After a while, you begin to think that maybe their criticisms aren't sincere. Maybe their moral puffery is a costume. Maybe the whole conversation is an absurd joke. Maybe we're falling for it. You sometimes hear modern progressives described as new Puritans. That's a slur on colonial Americans. Whatever their flaws, the Puritans cared about the fate of the human soul and the moral regeneration of their society. Those are not topics that interest progressives. They're too busy pushing late-term abortion and cross-dressing on fifth graders. These are the people who write our movies and our sitcoms. They are not shocked by naughty words. They just pretend to be when it's useful. It's been very useful lately. The left's main goal, in case you haven't noticed, is controlling what you think. In order to do that, they have to control the information that you receive. Google and Facebook and Twitter are fully on board with that. They're happy to ban unapproved thoughts, and they don't apologize for it. They often do. So do the other cable channels and virtually every major news outlet in this country. One of the only places left in the United States where independent thoughts are allowed is right here, the opinion hours on this network. Just a few hours in a sea of television programming. It's not much, relatively speaking. For the left, it's unacceptable. They demand total conformity. Since the day we went on the air, they've been working hard to kill this show. We haven't said much about it in public. It seemed too self-referential. The point of this show has never been us. But now it's obvious to everybody. There's no pretending that it's not happening. It is happening. And so going forward, we'll be covering their efforts to make us be quiet. For now, though, just two points to leave you with. First, Fox News is behind us, as they have been since the very first day. Toughness is a rare quality at a TV network, and we are grateful for that. Second, we've always apologized when we're wrong, and we'll continue to do that. That's what decent people do. They apologize. But we will never bow to the mob. Tucker Carlson, those last words, the most important words, we will never bow to the mob, the outrage mob, ever. And this is what conservatives need to do. We have to stand up for one another and stand up for ourselves. Tucker Carlson laying the groundwork. We'll be back after the news. Fire. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 9.35 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Peter Kersenow coming up in about 30 minutes. Very much looking forward to our chat today with Pete. I don't want to belabor the point on conservatives being bullied and being attacked and being harassed and being shut down uh, by liberals and uh, the outrage mob that Tucker Carlson said he will not bow to, but... Uh, but I, I cannot overstate it, though, how the importance of us 
fighting back and unifying behind one another. I don't know Tucker. I've never met Tucker. I've been on a few Fox News programs as a guest. Never his. Kind of upsets me. I'd like to someday. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I feel a kinship. And I feel like all of us in conservative media, because we are so small in terms of overall uh, numbers, and the left and their domination of media is so massive, you know, I feel like we're all a bunch of uh, Davids, and we need to kind of unite together against the Goliath. And so I, I want to make sure that we all show our support, and I think we need to make sure that Tucker's ratings stay the best in cable news. Keep watching Tucker Carlson. Respond to calls of boycotts with with um, responses of support for sponsors of his show. Uh, calls of his firing should be met with emails of support to Fox News Channel and others saying, we want Tucker. We will uh, not allow Media Matters to bully him. There's a really great piece today in the Daily Caller um, about this, about conservatives fighting for Tucker Carlson and striking back against Media Matters because of who they are. Critics of Media Matters for America, <clears throat> which is the uh, leftist group that does this, noted that the organization never fully assumed accountability for its president's old blog posts, in which he used terms like trannies, homos, and degraded Bangladeshis, and it never seemed to call for the ousting of liberals caught saying similarly dubious things, such as Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar and MSNBC host Joy Reid. Media Matters for America routinely targets the advertisers of Fox News media hosts instead and digs through decades of media history in an attempt to get conservative pundits and reporters fired from their jobs. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, told the Daily Caller that Media Matters' selective outrage is disturbing, saying the anti-Tucker outrage mob is so clearly acting hypocritically and in bad faith for purely partisan political reasons. How many of these people have called for Joy Reid to be fired from MSNBC for her uh, homophobic comments? Or for Representative Omar to be stripped of her committee assignments for her uh, anti-Semitic comments? Why would so many people apparently want to live in a world where we allow professional trolls and faux outrage mobs to weaponize statements from a decade ago to get their political enemies fired from their jobs, using that most dangerous of tools, Twitter, to do it. Media Matters declined to attack MSNBC host Joy Reid, who repeatedly wrote homophobic comments and peddled conspiracy theories on her personal blog in the 2000s. Reid apologized for some of the posts, but also claimed with no evidence that some of them were written by hackers. Right. MMFA, Media Matters for America, similarly refused to comment on old blog posts by its president, Angelo Carasoni, who, uh, that contained derogatory comments toward transgender people and racist remarks. Ned Ryan, CEO of American Majority, brought up Media Matters' silence on Joy Reid and its overall partisan agenda, saying their entire purpose for existence is to take out conservatives in media and in politics. They're a partisan hit squad trying to delegitimize and deplatform conservatives. Serious-minded people should understand this is political warfare and tell Media Matters to go pound sand. I love it. We're fighting back. We're not going to be pushed into the corners. We're not going to be run out of the restaurants. And this is metaphorically. We're not going to be attacked. We're not going to be surrounded. We're not going to have the MAGA hats knocked off of our heads without fighting back. Senior Town Hall columnist Kurt Schlichter, a regular guest on this show, denied the media matter uh, matters for America, denied that, rather, they engage in hypocrisy, instead calling its entire operation a lie and a cheesy grift. 
saying it's all a cheesy grift when the fake they fake outrage to silence political opponents because they know their own garbage ideology just won't play with Americans. Nobody's fooled. They should go pound sand. That's two prominent conservatives using the old pound sand reference. Love it. Carlson, of course, has received significant support from conservative media figures in the face of these attacks. Joe Concha, media reporter and columnist for The Hill, predicted the outrage over Carlson's old comments won't last long because it appears selective. This story goes nowhere because the outrage is selective. If your media matters, you can't omit any coverage of Joy Reid and then in the same breath demand Carlson be removed from the air. Anyone looking at this situation objectively can see that. So the point of this is, as, as noted, we need to stand together. Again, a bunch of small, because we are. I mean, you know, look, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, uh, you know, people in other networks like Rush Limbaugh, I mean, Mark Levin, they're not small figures themselves, and they have millions and millions and millions of followers and supporters and listeners and viewers and whatnot. And that's great. But when you look at it objectively from a from a broader perspective, they're a tiny little blip in the grand media scale. Um, because they don't reach as many people as the massive numbers of networks and news uh, uh, newspapers that I just listed before do. Uh, the mainstream media is 90% liberal, and it is biased, and it is selective, and it is hypocritical, and those of us in the small 10% minority of conservatives in media, um, we suffer. And so we have to band together, and that's why I'll continue to do that for Tucker Carlson. All right, now having said all that, I want to move into the news and staying on Tucker Carlson because I, I would not have missed Tucker Carlson's opening monologue last night in response to um, uh, what had happened to him over the weekend for anything. And I was so glad I tuned in because then I was given the opportunity to also hear Patrick Moore. Who's Patrick Moore? Patrick Moore uh, is the uh, uh, founder, former uh, founder of Greenpeace. And Patrick Moore, uh, about a week ago, referred to um, liberal superstar and media darling Alexandria Kelly Bundio-Cortez as a pompous twit for her her, uh, um, authoring-slash-composition-slash-media-promoting of the GND, the Green New Deal. Now, again, Greenpeace is one of the most prominent... um, uh, environmental organizations, of course, in, in, in the world and really in history. Um, you would think that they might say, yeah, AOC, support the environment. Let's support saving of the planet. Let's, let's take care of business here. Let's go, AOC. And instead, the former Greenpeace executive and founder, Patrick Moore, called her a pompous twit because she is, well, essentially, she's a pompous twit. Uh, and uh, he went on to explain on Tucker Carlson last night. You're going to want to listen to this carefully, and if you need to, get out a pen or get out a keyboard and start tapping out notes or just record this or note the time so you can listen to it again on our podcast page at whkradio.com or something because you're going to want to keep this. Anytime anybody, any liberal friend of yours, um, supporter of any of the Democrat candidates who have signed on to the Green New Deal, and that's all of them, from Kamala Harris to Cory Booker to Elizabeth Warren to Tulsi Gabbard to, uh, I don't know, uh, Klobuchar, I mean, all of them, have all signed on to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. Anytime you hear anybody supporting that, you need to give them this. 
let them listen to this or, like I said, write it down and make sure you repeat this because this is the best decimation, destruction of the Green New Deal as an idea that I've ever heard. Listen to Patrick Moore stun Tucker Carlson himself into silence because there's just nothing you can add to this. It is perfect. Please listen. Uh, my apologies. Hold on a second. We've got to make sure everything is plugged in properly here. Okay, here we go. This is Tucker Carlson last night with Patrick Moore. This seem very worried about jobs that will be lost due to automation because far more jobs will be lost implementing the Green New Deal. Patrick Moore helped found Greenpeace. He has been aggressively critical of the Green New Deal, though, and we thought we'd find out why. Mr. Moore, thanks very much for coming on. So you're one of the founders of the most famous environmental organization in the world, and you think the Green New Deal sounds terrifying. Tell us why. Well, because it would be basically the end of civilization if 85% of the world's and also 85% of the U.S.'s energy in the form of coal, oil, and natural gas were phased out over the next few years, like 10 years. We do not have anything to replace them with. Yes, if we went into a crash course of building nuclear reactors, we could replace them for producing electricity, but that isn't going to happen because the Greens are against nuclear, and they're even against hydroelectric dams, which at least is renewable, but they don't support that either. So basically, they are opposed to approximately 98.5% of all the electricity that we are using, and nearly 100% of all the vehicle and transportation and ships and planes energy that we are using. So I just, when I tweeted the other day and had a huge response, over three million impressions on Twitter, when I said you don't have a plan to feed eight billion people without fossil fuels or get the food into the cities where it's needed, that requires large trucks. And there's not going to be any electric trucks anytime soon hauling 40 tons of food into the supermarkets where the people in the cities probably think it originates in the supermarket. But it does not. It's coming from farms out in the country where a few million people are growing the food for all the rest of the population. And if we banned fossil fuels, first agricultural production would collapse in a very short period of time. There's these things called tractors and they use fuel and all the other implements on the farm and then there's the transportation so when 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 you have no fuel how do you get the food to the center of new york to manhattan where aoc is from you don't then the people there will begin to starve and that will spread out as a rot from the center of the metropolises all across the country and half the population will die in a very short period of time. And as I also pointed out, there wouldn't be a tree left on this planet. Say this was a worldwide thing, because the United States isn't going to ban fossil fuels if no one else does. But say the Paris Agreement came into effect fully all around the world, and everybody banned fossil fuels, there wouldn't be a tree left on this planet, because that would be all there was for fuel for heating and cooking as they did in the old days when there was hardly anybody on the planet compared to what there is today. So just that one point, never mind the insanity of banning aircraft and fossil fuel using vehicles. (laughs) Well, you just completely blown my mind. And and I knew some of that, but the way you put it uh, was really stirring. Patrick Moore, I hope you'll come back on the show anytime that you would. Anytime, Tucker. 
Um, I I have only seen Tucker Carlson stunned into silence after a guest did a uh, a three or four minute um, monologue of ideas one other time, and that's from Peter Kersenow, <laughs> who's I'm fortunate enough to have on coming up here in about fifteen minutes. Uh, Peter Kersenow is the only other person that I've heard Tucker let go for that long, and then just had nothing to say at the end other than wow. Uh, and that's how I feel about this one with Patrick Moore. You need to, and I'm not joking. I'll, I'll tell you what. I will use Twitter for good. I hate Twitter. It's a dangerous, evil, 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 evil invention. Um, I will use it for good, and I will tweet that and, and Facebook post it as well for you uh, so that you have it. That's what we all need. That's the primer, I think, that we all need to use for our own arguments against the Green New Deal and against um, this socialist model and this ridiculous idea that AOC and Bernie Sanders and so many of the other uh, nut jobs are championing. Um, that's That's got to be our, our starting point right there. Everything he just said about food, everything he said about electricity, everything he said about farming, everything he said about transportation of these uh, 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 foodstuffs to uh, to our, our grocery stores and so on and so on. I mean, all of it, just a perfect argument against the lunacy of the Green New Deal as advanced by the uh, Democrats. So uh, I'll, I'll tweet that for you, like I said, but save it. Make sure it's able to be played. If you just want to download that segment on uh, uh, our uh, uh, Facebook, or I mean, not our Facebook, our uh, podcast page, rather, which is at whkradio.com. Do what you got to do to make sure that you have this argument ready to go, locked and loaded against the lunatics. All right, it's uh, coming up on 950. We'll take a time out here, check your traffic, come right back in, and try to squeeze in a call or so before top of the hour with Kirsten. I'll come up next right here on AM 1420. The end. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 954 now. Um, somebody just tweeted to me, uh, the Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic, said he just blew my mind. And you know what's funny is, I, I kind of like what Tucker told Patrick Moore last night, I knew a lot of those things, but I've never heard it explained in such a perfectly succinct way. Same thing here. Same here. Well, as soon as I, I mean, I, I went on the air and just off the off the cuff, you know, without a lot of research or prep, just let common sense be my guide, ripped the Green New Deal to shreds like so many others did, just because, again, it's very easy to do. The idea that we will become completely fossil fuel independent using only solar and wind-powered electricity to run the country and run the world. The idea that we can get by without uh, internal combustion engines. The idea that we would not need air travel because we'd have high-speed rail. I mean, all of those things were very easy to kind of deconstruct, right? Um and But I never thought about some of the other aspects of this or put it into such clear terms as uh, Patrick would. Again, and I, or Patrick Moore, rather. And what I love about him is that he's an environmentalist. He's the co-founder of Greenpeace, for crying out loud. Um, you just don't get much more envir- environmental than that. And um, the way he explained it, you know, what, what exactly do supporters of AOC's Green New Deal nonsense what what do they think we're going to eat? How how is the food that is grown on the farms? And I'll just let's say in her perfect world or their perfect world, we all agree to stop eating cows. 
<laughs> because we don't want any more cow farts uh, putting more methane into the uh, into the air and uh, and thus uh, contributing to that terrible carbon footprint and so on and so forth. So we'll all let's just say we'll all uh, uh, go ahead and become vegans. All right, silly and stupid, yes. Uh, but how are we going to get those vegetables then only? from the few million farmers that we have, and that's what it is. There's a few million farmers that provide the food source and the sustenance for the rest of us. How are we going to get that food from the farm to um, your grocery store in, in whatever city in which you live, whether you live in midtown Manhattan or downtown Menor? Um, how are you going to get it? Where's it coming from? Covered wagon? Seriously, horse-drawn carriage? You're going to need trucks. There is no such thing as an electric-powered truck. There won't be either. And even if there is, where are you going to get these electric batteries? They're going to have to be built in plants that are run by fossil fuel. How is the food itself going to be grown? How are the fields going to be plowed? You ever hear of tractors? There are no electrical-powered tractors. They run on fossil fuel. I mean, all of the things that Patrick Moore said, I agree with Charlie, they are mind-blowing. And yet so simple. Which has to make us ask ourselves, how can they even think about trying to sell us this, this bill of goods? How can they sell us on the Green New Deal when there are so many obvious flaws Throughout it, so many obvious, I mean, aside from the cost factor, let's let's skip right past the fact that it's going to cost, you know, what is it, $90 trillion to try to completely retrofit and destroy the fossil fuel industry and replace it with all of these other things. Let's just forget about the cost for a moment. The entire idea is fraught with, uh, with all kinds of pitfalls and, and reasons why it would never work. How could they possibly have come up with such a nutty idea? And who could have come up with such a nutty idea? Is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez really as vapid and as as ignorant as she appears? In the next couple of days, we are going to examine that question. We are going to find out, did Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez really write and co-author the GND, the Green New Deal? Or are there people behind her? Are there people who are dancing her on the ends of their strings? for the entertainment and perhaps for the distraction of the masses by way of the media. In the next couple of days, we're going to examine an organization called the Justice Democrats. And you're going to learn, which I learned really over the course of the last 24 hours through watching some video and listening to and reading some very, very important uh, pieces about the background of AOC and the background of this group called the Justice Democrats, as well as uh, an online group you may have heard of uh, called the Young Turks. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not what you think she is. We make fun of her all the time and call her Kelly Bundy. She is. She is as ignorant. Have you, if, you've ever heard the, um, if you've ever heard the term of a useful idiot, the term useful idiot, it was made, it was written for, it was coined for Alexandria Kelly Bundy-Cortez. She is too dumb to know anything about anything, but she is useful as the front person, as a somewhat charismatic spokesperson uh, for some very evil and dangerous people behind her. 
So that's something we'll be examining in the next few days on AM 1420, The Answer. For now, though, it's 10 o'clock. We're going to examine the news, then we're going to come back, and Peter Kirsten, I will join us right here on the Bob France Authority. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.